Janana had a heart attack today. It's like I was uh, walking dog and halfway down the garage, or halfway down the driveway, coming back, I had a heart attack. Huh? I was like, you oh, did what? It's like I had a heart attack. Fine, I crawled to the garage. <laughs> I opened my fridge and I chugged the beer real fast before I called the doctor. Because I thought it was gas and that might make it go away. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Maybe it saved his life, though, because... I blame, I do blame the coronavirus for his heart attack, though, I will say. Because while he's been sitting at home with his wife, they have done a lot of sitting, drinking, and eating. And they've, they've gained some weight. Well, it happens. Well, he has. She looks beautiful as ever, Mrs. Shenanana. But, uh, well, she's a, she's a better one anyways, right? Oh, yeah. She's, well, she's got a vagina, so of course she's inherently the better person. The better half. Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink, roll back your foreskin, and let Dwee's Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins. Oh, I'm being told that Bullfrog chose to stroke his dog's loins tonight. Again? Wolfpack will have to do. Sorry, we don't like it either. I wonder which dog. Welcome to your football fantasy I am Dweez Nuts, locked in a basement somewhere as the thunder continues to roll outside. We would have loved to bring you another outside episode of the show with the beautiful birds <laughs> in the background. But the uh, Mother Nature said, fuck you, not this week. So here we are, Studio B. That's the Big Wiz basement. Big Wiz with me, Wolfpack with me. You guys ready for a good show? I am always ready for a good show. Bring as, it on. As you literally do your research next to me. Well, we did talk about the show's going to have to start increasing how, how often we, we publish, right? Like that's, We're going that, to pump it up to every week starting next week, right? Mm, we didn't decide this before we hit record, but I think it's going to be every week here soon. Well, we'll see about that, but maybe. We'll but get what there. What else do you have going on in your life? A so, lot. Some of us work for a fucking living. I was just telling you that I took a job just, just a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, I know, but then, and then afterwards you said, but it's actually through my brother's job. No, Basically, pretty, that, that is that what you heard? Pretty shady is what I heard. Look, it, it's uh, nepotism is how the world goes around, okay? It's not who you know, it's who you blow. Remember that. I've never blown my brother, just to be totally clear about that to the listeners there. But real fun show today once we get through... The nitty gritty that we do. This week in football. These last two weeks in football. Let's see, Dalvin Cook is pretending like he's going to hold out. I think that's really funny. Does anybody buy that Dalvin Cook holds out? I, I, I think he's going to try, but if, yeah. if, if, he, if he has any sort of agent with any sort of uh, ability to, to fucking make a good recommendation here, it's a terrible idea. You saw what happened. Awful idea. It got a lot worse. Here's a here's an insider track on the new NFL CBA, okay? We talked about much earlier in the offseason how the top-end players are kind of not... They're getting a little bit fucked by this CBA. The handful few that are making many, many millions of dollars. Well, Dalvin Cook here in this situation finds himself another player fucked by the CBA. Here's what the new rules say. 
about potentially holding out. In the in past seasons, if you missed eight games or whatever it was, think back to the Le'Veon Bell year, then you lose a year towards your unrestricted free agency. Um, so you had however long that you could sit out. Now, the rule in the new CBA says, is you, if you miss any five consecutive days of training camp, you lose a year toward unrestricted free agent. You don't lose a year toward it. You lose the possibility of being an unrestricted free agent. You suddenly become a restricted free agent at best at the end of your contract. Meaning so you that. can't miss any preseason stuff. Wow. You can't miss more than five consecutive days of training camp without losing out on that unrestricted free agency. Dalvin Cook is a second-round player, which means if he holds out for half of training camp, loses his unrestricted tag at the end of this season, that means the Vikings can give him a first-round tender next year for $4 million, between 4 and 5 I think is what right. you're estimating that's going to be. And he doesn't have a choice but to play for that team or hold out for another year. So it's either he's going to hold out for two years or he'll be back before the first week of training camp is over at this point. Not a lot of options. Now, the team is is short on cash. I think they have $12 million in the cap room. It's real short. Es- estimated $12 million once they cut it down to their top 51. Technically, based on all the guys on roster right now, they have negative $1.2 million, but they haven't cut anybody, so that's kind of standard in the league. Uh, going to get a deal, though, right? How do you not pay this kid if you're the Vikings, a team that has aspirations to go deep into the... That's what they want right now, the way the team is built. I know they let go of digs, so you might be thinking, hey, maybe they're going to start a re... But it's not this team, right? They're, they're trying to win. Trying to win now. That's mm-hmm. how that's a built win. I agree with you. They have to pay him. The, the, pro- the problem is, we said it before, is they didn't help themselves when they signed this agreement. They should have helped the running back position if there wasn't going to be any, any ability um, to help anyone. They should have done it with the running backs. They didn't do it. Yeah, I agree. They have to pay him something that they're going to be forced to. No. You hope they do to, to, to build some goodwill. Yeah. Will he get that 15, 16 million he's looking for? Fuck no. He's not looking for that much. He's not going to get half he, that. He, he, he said as a joke that he'd be happy to take $12 million uh, because that's as much as they could right. give him possibly and kill their entire cap. But um, I'm, my guess is that he'll end up with a a $9 million contract or so, which which puts him in the top third of the league in running backs, uh, maybe even a little higher than that, which is probably where he belongs because he is an injury risk, right? Like, he knows he's an injury If they were smart, they would sit there and say, here's, here's $5 million. Uh, For a year? Well, here's your $5 million deal, and if you if you hit these benchmarks, here's your $5 million bonus. On top so put some bonuses in, yes, structure like that. I think this year he's making $1.4 on his rookie contract. I can't blame him for trying this. These guys have short careers. Got to try. And, and yeah. we talk about the running back position is fucked. In the NFL, the way the NFL is yeah. set up, so you know, go get it. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the leverage. Even the even guys like Melvin Gordon, even Zeke, when he was trying at Le'Veon Bell, he doesn't even have the leverage that they had no. because of the new CBA. He's going to be back. The nice thing for fantasy football, though, is that night, immediately that night, his ADP dropped by half a round, and it's been going down <laughs> ever since. Right, so just watch and take this guy cheap. If you have Alexander Madison on a dynasty team, please God trade him now. You'll get you'll get everything you could want for him. 
Like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody out there is willing to trade you Aaron Jones for Alexander Madison and a little something, maybe a third-round pick. You think there's that much value in it? As if, right if, if people, if somebody really thinks Cook's not going to play this year, hold Alexander up. Madison is absolutely a potentially top-12 back day one because of the way they use the run. I mean, Madison and what, Boone? Boone's the yeah, back. Yeah, third. Boone isn't, yeah. is the back. So, yeah, I mean, they were hurting after Madison. Yeah, if you can, if you got a guy in your league that really believes Cook's going to sit out, uh, Madison was already one of the top drafted handcuffs in the league. If they think he's going to be it, go ahead, man. Get you paid. Hey, how about Henry Ruggs, the world's fastest man at the Combine this year? <laughs> got stabbed in the thigh by a trailer hitch, apparently. I don't know. It was real dumb. Those fuckers hurt, I'll tell you. Apparently, it, there wasn't any real muscular damage in there, but come on, kid. You just got paid a lot of money to run fast. Take care of your fucking... You don't need to be helping your friends move, all right? Well, I mean, you say it, you say it point blank here, but here's a, here's a guy who already has a questionable beginning, right? And we, we ripped on way in the beginning when we were talking about these, these, these yeah. rookie rankings. He's just... Who knows how good he is now? Obviously, he was taking the number one overall, right? Which is fucking the shady as shit. Right? Yeah. But yeah, fuck. <laughs> just just don't, don't... Looks pretty dumb so far. Move. Hey, Drew Locke and Jerry Judy working out together over the course of this offseason, pandemic or no pandemic. Question for you guys. Obviously, Judy was a huge name receiver going into the draft. Drafted in a spot where, you know, people were waiting for a receiver to go to. Maybe not quite as good as the Eagles or as the Vikings. It's a big deal. And a, and a receiver that a lot of people are saying is as pro-ready as there's ever been coming out of college. Quick question for you. Who leads this receiving core? Is it Sutton or is it Judy in year one of Jerry Judy's NFL career? I'm going to go with Sutton. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's already, he already knows the offense. Judy doesn't. And as far as we know, Luck, or not Luck, Locke and Judy could just be running the route tree. You know, maybe not yeah. even doing plays. To me, it's, it's Judy. I think Judy's an overall better receiver than Sutton. Sutton, Sutton is a, he has a role. Um, Judy's the overall better player. I think, it, I think... I think the coaching staff will figure out how to get him the ball. I think it's going to be him. Now, here's the interesting part. Don't be surprised when it becomes a fan. I ended up, so I'm working on my projections right now, and all I've done so far is just the um, targets and uh, yards per target on these guys, or at least most of the guys right now. I think what I ended up doing was giving Judy more targets, but setting more yards per target, which ends up him just having more yards total. Right. Um, but I think they're going to be really fucking close because Sutton, Sutton is is still the athletic freak that he always was and was really starting to fit himself into this offense last season with both quarterbacks. He's got a better one now than Flacco. Flacco, Flacco's bad. Flacco's bad. Uh, how about this? Todd Gurley was traded to Atlanta however long ago. He only just now passes the physical. I know he couldn't travel to the team. Two months ago. I know he couldn't travel to the team before to take this physical, but he's passed the physical. He's officially um, on the team right now. Um, did anybody, I don't think anybody picked this for our, our topics today, but one of, one of the potential questions I asked you guys earlier in the week was, hey, Gurley's only finished outside the top 15 one time in his career. He was 17 a few years ago. On that really down season. Rookie season? Uh, under Jeff Fisher. His second year, I believe. Oh, that's the reason Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Uh, so, do you believe that... He, I know the team has said they're going to limit his touches because they want to preserve him for the course of the year. But Ito Smith is really going to take the touches. Do you believe Gurley finishes at top 15? He's going pretty late in draft. Should people be 
gone in for him. What did he finish last year? 12? Right, yeah, right up there. Yeah. He still had 10 touchdowns, right? Over 10? Yeah. And there, there's no fucking price. way that he doesn't finish outside the top. I mean, he absolutely finishes top 15 without a doubt. I mean, there's no, I don't see how it's possible he doesn't even. Is this the offense that Bullfrog picked out last week? The, the Falcons as the offense he wants pieces of? Yep. Yeah. This is an offense you always want pieces of. And if Gurley's going to be the stud back, a team that throws it to the back. Go ahead, right? Speaking of backs, Daryl Henderson claims that he is full go after the ankle injury. Another report said he's still rehabbing that ankle injury. Just a question, a couple of questions for you here, guys. Do you actually believe this is going to be a split backfield between Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers? Like they said, is Malcolm Brown going to get any touches? Are you a full go on Cam Akers? And the last question is, um, because I think I do believe this, out of all these rookie running backs that have come in, do you think Cam Akers or somebody else has the best shot of leading that rookie class this year? To answer this question, first and foremost, is this put back field? The answer is yes. Um, that's why it's scary, Terry, to take whoever the hell you want on this backfield, uh, whether it be Malcolm Brown or Henderson or Akers. But I do think that Akers, at the end of the season, will get the per- predominant, the majority of the carries here. He will eventually turn out to be the number one back. But for the first 10 weeks, I can't see it being anything other than a, than a split backfield. So to you, he's in a, a similar situation as guys like DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, who who are going to be split for a while. Maybe they'll win yes. the time eventually. Yeah. Akers is the best back here, though. In, in L.A. Out of the ring. In L.A., yes. yes. Okay, I, I thought you meant not the rookies. No, no, no. So, so right now, give me a name. Who is the leading rookie running back yards getter at the end of this season? I'm going with Taylor. My boy Taylor. You're hoping. Of course, you're fucking going with Taylor. I'm going with Taylor, and it's just because. He's a Colt. Besides that, Max probably going to get hurt. I mean, he's going to pull a hammy. He's going to get a groin. He he does it every year. Even though he finished a thousand yards last year, he's going to pull something. One might say that Kerryon Johnson does this. Yeah. So I mean, he's just going to. I feel like he's going to get more touches um, at the end of the year. It's going to be like you said for the Rams. It's going to be split for at least eight, ten weeks. Yep. And then they're going to be like, okay, we're, we got to do something. We're in the middle of a playoff hunt. We're going with, you know, the best back we got or, you know, who's hot right now. And I feel like that's going to be Taylor at the end of it. Maybe. I think Akers is a chance. I mean, I, I think all of these guys, Akers, Swift, and, and Taylor. And Taylor will be fucking close as shit. What about CEH? Nobody's even mentioned Hilaire. No, I don't think it'll be Hilaire at all. Not a fan. I mean, I, I think you have the head. What what happens if, if Swift just takes over the backfield because... Um, what the fuck is Kyrie, his name? Yeah. Kyrie, I can't stay yeah. on the field. Yeah. What happens then? Yeah. Then it's on, baby. They drafted him to be the number, number one back. And what if Henderson goes down again? Or Brown? I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's always a possibility. It's I would say it's more arguable, right? to your earlier point, that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was drafted to be the number one back. He was the only back drafted in the first round this year. Yeah, but they were basically, back, they were basically drafted in the second round. It, that's <laughs> the dumbest argument. It was their first pick. But I, look, I think it's Akers. I'm just going to put it out there. I think Akers ends up. I don't think it's a split backfield. If it is, it's when, not for more than two or three weeks. So you think by, by after the first quarter of the season, he'll be the hands down yes. number one? I, I, I don't take that bet. You want to take that bet? I do. It's I, how do you, a bet! How do you quantify that? He's getting what percentage of the snaps? 
Getting majority, over fifty. Majority of the carries. Majority of the carries by by week five. Okay. Carries or touches because you yes. could receive it. Oh, Both. Because I'm asking you have to see. Okay. God, that's fucking loud. And you know, I'll take Taylor. I just did it. What, what is wrong with mine? You just do it. I just said it's a bet. That was yeah, fucking. If loud. you want to take that, I'll take Taylor at the end of the year. Okay. It's over. A we'll just take him head to head. Well, you just said Taylor be number Look, one, so you just take that overall, right? So you're I think. Overall, the the strange thing for me is making these bets is that you know if you listened to us pre NFL draft, I was down on Acres from where a lot of people are. I just I just think his landing spot is a really solid spot. Um, let's talk about another running back here. Sony Michelle had foot surgery in May to heal a, a foot problem that was just kind of bothering him. Uh, there is an unknown timetable for his return. The doctors won't give him a time frame. Until after camp gets going and he starts running around again, or at least starts trying to put some stuff on it. Sony was already a guy that was being faded by most fantasy players. After a bad year last year, probably not as bad as you think it was. His stats ended up being better than you think they were. He got a lot more um, touch share on that team. But are, are we? Are, is anybody... Looking at him, thinking this is going to be a value if he falls any further, or are you just off? Sony, that running game, that whole fucking team behind Stidham, what? I still feel like Sony's going to have some value. It'll probably be later in the rounds. I mean, you don't know what Stidham's got. Can he throw it to what receiver do they have again? That's uh, exactly. Question. I mean, you don't the know. Keel Harry, got. baby. I mean, Edelman. who knows who they're going to throw it to? I mean, they could even throw it to Ms. Uh, Sanu. Yeah. But I mean, in my dynasty league, I actually drafted Damien Harris because well, I feel like he's gonna pick it up a little bit. I think that's a great a great pick because I actually I, I think Harris it might be a steal. Might be the guy, might end up yeah. being Why? They they took him with the second pick? Yeah, real high, real high. So yeah, so and, he, and, and he had two, two yeah. three carries last year, so, and, and, so and he's fresh. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know what Belichick thinks about rookies, right? Like it's he doesn't exactly love yeah. a rookie. So maybe it's just his time now. I don't know. This might be the catalyst to finally get Damian Harris enough training camp looks with that first team offense that that uh, the coaches coaching staffs are comfortable with them. The NFL is talking about speaking of the preseason and everything before the eliminating two of the preseason games, knocking it down to just two. We kind of expected something like this to happen anyway. There's no been no decisions made, but with the shortened training camp. Two instead of three preseason games. Is this a year where you know we should we should take all of our rookies players on new teams, just bump them down a little bit, just because they're not getting the same amount of work they normally would. Clyde in year? Edwards Hilaire. Yes. Just yes. Him. Yes. 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 Just him. No. No, I think you hit it on the head. Is, is they're all going to be behind the ball? They're all not going to have the amount of time. They, they they keep reducing practices in training camp, anyways. Not now. I mean. People like Matt Nagy just came out there and said, "I'm going to start my entire team for all four games because they can't, they couldn't figure it out in one game." Yeah. And, you know, and maybe it's not even just the rookies. You know, you know like Dallas, they got a new quarter, uh, new head coach. Yeah. You know, they got to start learning a new system. I mean, like you said, they're cutting down practices. Now they're going to cut down preseason. I mean, how are you going to know if like that undrafted rookie doesn't deserve at least a special team spot? It might be a really rough first four games this season. Don't you kind oh, yeah. of thought, at least in my opinion, the last three seasons, I I, I have felt that way. I felt like it, it, there have been, it, it there's been crazy, a, there's been weird a lot games. Of teams, it's been about split, though. Like, half the teams seem like they just take 
Houston has always, the last few years, taken forever to get going, yep. it felt like. Um, obviously, Chicago Atlanta. last year. These teams take a long time to get going uh, because of the way the offseason is turning. Maybe that's something that happens. But it, as a fantasy owner, I can't help but to think, that's awesome. Let half of these teams come out real slow, and I'll see if I can find some value trades. Trade for some of these guys that will get it together later um, at discounted prices. I can't help but to think, okay, let's make that happen uh, because I can get some cheap steals. Kind of like that. Though. That's a good, good idea. I, I think this year more than anything, I might pay attention a little more to schedules because of that. Yeah. To throw schedules in there, I think it's going to be a little more complicated. But I mean, someone who has an easy schedule, unlike someone like Daniel Jones, who I think has an exceptionally hard schedule, at least in teams of Pittsburgh and New England right after that, that's what I'm paying attention to. There's, there's one thing in news that you didn't mention here, and I think it's interesting, is Elshon Jeffrey is kind of slipping back from the, the Lisfranc surgery, right? The Lisfranc injury. It's a tough one. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen his pictures, Wolfpack? I have not seen the pictures. Lisfranc, remember when we looked at that last season? Good God almighty. But here's the question, though, is if he's not there, an aging Deshaun Jackson. Jalen Rager. I I don't buy into. I mean, the, the, the whole reason why Ertz continuously is one of the first in the top ten end position because there's no one left and he's the last the guy standing. What happened yeah. at the end of the year last year when everybody else was gone? He was getting ten targets a game. I so I mean, I just think it's interesting. Again, here we are with, with a rookie wide receiver. There's not a lot of depth in that team, and you're left with two good tight ends. Yeah, could be a could start. be a real interest. Miles Sanders might get a ton of fucking look coming. Start running the ball and two tight ends set. Yep. Yeah. All right. Big Wiz and his stat of the week. All right. You guys ready for this one? Uh, no. Tell me which tight end Christ. led in red zone targets and catching percentage. What, last season? In 2019, this tight end led in red zone targets and catching percentage in the red zone. Hunter Henry. No, God, no, that's a bad guess. I'm going to guess George Kittle just because of who you are. No, he's close, but he's not number one. No. Um, was it was it Hooper? No, a lot of Hooper stuff came from out a distance. Yeah. No, it wasn't Hooper. Hooper. The Rams? The Tyler Rams. Higby. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. He had 19 targets, 14 catches, and 73% catch rate in the red zone. That's really good. That's phenomenal. That's why That's why Bullfrog was trying to get us to draft him. He, I mean, that, that puts you at the top of, of wide receivers. That's what that does. Um, and I still won't draft him. Oh, I, I think yeah, I think he's good. I think he, I think I think Froggy was on to something. I mean, I think we talked about it. We both like him. The, the, the argument can't be made that you don't like Tyler Higby. The argument is is that perhaps there are so many tight ends in front of him. Yeah, it's Dylan, hard to find the value of Tyler Higby. And Gerald Everett's still there, and Higby in Woods and Cup. Yeah, and they draft this other kid, Van Jefferson, to come in. They've got all these running backs that we just talked about sharing a bunch of time catching balls. But that's that's incredible. I would not have guessed that. Clearly, I didn't. Well, Even you're bad at most things. We know that. Come on. And now for more dumb shit I heard this week. Yeah, we got to take a shot now, right? Before we do the dumb shit, let's have a shot, boys. Here's to uh, clink. Doesn't matter what we're toasting to. Just drink. Too froggy. Ooh. Our dear friend Froggy could be here today, as usual. Well, there was a death in the family. Well, yeah, I was I was going to state that. You didn't give me a chance to state that. The kind of a dick move when you stop right there. 
I was, I was going <laughs> to get to it, guys. I had a swallow. Yes, he had death in the family. He couldn't show up, but he couldn't make it again. Poorly timed. Poorly timed pause. Let's talk dumb shit really quickly. Um, not super dumb, but it's super football related. Uh, and I just wanted to talk about it, and I didn't know where to fit it, so I put it in the dumb shit. I'm talking about the Super Bowl here. I was fucking around with the Super Bowl odds today, thinking about making a couple of bets. And I just thought it was really interesting what the Super Bowl odds look like right now. What what the odds table tells me is that Vegas and the betters in Vegas have already decided the answer to the question, was it Belichick or was it Brady in New England that made them great? They've already... Yeah. Decided that. Here are the odds right now. Sure. Odds on favor to win the Super Bowl. Is can, I make, can, I, can I make? Can I say who I think it? Who, who the yeah, they. I think that they all run guess towards great. Okay, so Kansas City's at uh, plus six hundred. They're the best odds on to win. Baltimore's at plus six fifty, right there behind them, which makes sense. San Francisco is a plus eight fifty at number three, the best in the NFC. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the same odds to win the Super Bowl as the San Francisco 49ers. Plus 850 right now. (laughs) Fucking crazy. Last season going into the year, and there was only one major change on this team. It was at quarterback. Last year, they were plus 10,000 to win the Super Bowl, 25th in the league. Now, they're tied for third with only a change at quarterback. A 42-year-old quarterback. Did they do... Are they just saying where the money's going to come in at? This is the bet. Yes, this is where the betting's happening. The betting public has decided. And here's the thing about the Patriots yeah. going into last season: they Six. were plus four hundred. That's that's uh, third better chance than the Chiefs at winning. This year, plus twenty five hundred. That's thirteenth in the league. So they don't believe in Belichick at all. The betting public don't. They they buy the Tom Brady so. Fucking hard. I don't know why anybody would choose. Well, for the Bucks, you gotta think about it. You're getting a quarterback that throws like what six, seven, maybe ten interceptions. Yeah. And you got rid of a guy that threw thirty. Yeah, but you got rid of a guy that threw forty touchdowns. As yeah, well. but thirty interceptions and what six pick six seven. <laughs> Hang on, you're making the argument that they are a quarterback away from going to the Super Bowl. No, that is I not, am not saying. That's I'm saying what, that's the, the odds are better. Right, but I'm saying their odds should be better because of the quarterback. Odds should be better, yes, but they don't jump that. They don't jump nine thousand points because of that. If anybody's curious, I think the best uh, odds bet to take here. The team with the farthest odds that have the best chance at winning the Super Bowl. And, and Wiz is going to scoff because he hates a particular player on this team. But to me, it's the Bills at plus 4,400. I think they're the 22nd or so. And well, I think. Is your argument because of a complete team? Well, yeah, their defense is insane yeah. right now. They've added a lot of weapons on offense. We'll talk a little bit about Josh Allen later. But my point is not that I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. My point is that, to me, they're the furthest shot odds wise. That has a reasonable chance. Money because, wise, you think it makes kind of sense? Because it's it's the bet you make. They're going to win that division, okay? And and they're gonna they're gonna be able to play in in Buffalo, which is hard for teams to go play in the cold weather of Buffalo. I think they have as good a shot as anybody in the middle of the pack, far odds wise, money wise. Yeah, don't get me wrong here. You say I I don't I like I think Sean McDermott's a great coach. I, I think that team is good. You are right. I think defense is good. There's a lot of things you like about that team in general. Yes. I just think 
I'm not confident, you know, I can't tell any of our listeners to be confident that Josh Allen's going to make a play come late, come January. We're going to talk about that, too, later in the show. Josh Allen hasn't proved that, that he's good enough to, to do that yet, to date. Now, you know, things might change, but I'm just saying, to date, Josh Allen has been turn, a turnover fucking freak, and that that's not how playoff teams win games. Here's my last Super Bowl odds mention. The furthest odds, if you're interested in taking it, at plus... 311,000. That's the odds here. Plus, that means for a $100 bet, you win $311,000. That's if the matchup in the Super Bowl is the Washington Redskins versus Cincinnati Bengals. If you got some balls, and if you got 100 bucks to waste, make that bet for a potential $311,000 return. That's an insane fucking return in my book, guys. Um, also, did you write a notebook like Froggy? I did. Or did because, you do it in remembrance of Froggy? I wrote it down. I don't know. <laughs> There's really only six teams that the betting public um, thinks has a chance at winning the Super Bowl this year. It's Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco, Tampa Bay. Um, and the other two that are anywhere near the same odds, and uh, we, we all know odds are based on who's right. making bets, would be the Saints and the Cowboys at 1,000 and 1,400 respectively. Um, I don't think there's good money in in making a bet on any of those teams if you're really trying to capitalize on the odds. Give me somebody like Buffalo. But uh, that is your dumb shit. not really dumb shit, but I thought it was really interesting and I like looking at this stuff. So there you go. It's interesting. I like to hear where the money's at from a public standpoint. I'm not trying to... Dude, this Tampa Bay thing, I don't understand. Come on, everyone loves Tom Brady. They do love fucking Tom Brady. He ripped his fucking pants. I thought that was good. I like Tom... I like the fact he did that. I'll tell you what, they'd pick him to win the Super Bowl if he stood on Fifth Avenue and shot him you want another one? That's a, that's a presidential yeah. reference there. Anybody? Yeah. They, they would. Wouldn't they? And that's the sick part. It's Tom Brady is a pile of shit. Do you have any sponsors today? Yeah, we do New Glarus Brewing. <laughs> in uh, in, uh, in uh, Wisconsin. New, in Monroe, Wisconsin. You gotta go to New Glarus, Wisconsin, actually. Yeah, it's right outside of Monroe, Wisconsin, folks. Two different the bottom line, it's a very good beer. We recommend it. And thank you, New Glarus, for, for sponsoring our beer today. And they have a uh, serendipity happy accident fruit ale. It's like a nice sour... And fr- it's it's not bad. I just did not expect it. That's not their best the beer. Cow. The Spotted Cow is the best beer. the best beer that they are known for. So, so the best beer in Wisconsin. Yeah. Hey, you and I just drafted Colin Kaepernick in a dynasty draft. Yeah, I, I, I said before I said again that was a bad draft pick. It was a terrible idea. Um, we uh, we're not gonna get. Into I think it. you're trying to wrong or right. We're not gonna get into it right now because either next episode. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now. Do you want to talk about it right now? Because there's a lot. Either either in the next episode or the one after that. So so Bullfrog, Big Wiz, and I all joined the dynasty team together. Sorry, buddy. You're good. We joined the dynasty league together as one team. Three people managing one team. As the YFF. We did it as an experiment, sort of, and as something so that we could kind of discuss. Um, when we get a chance, and, I, and uh, we just now, in the last couple of minutes, finished our 28-round draft. We're going to be talking about that draft in the next couple of weeks, how hard it was to draft with three people, how hard it was just to get the fucking three people on a phone at the same time. But we're going to talk about the league, I think, over the course of the year, as it's an experiment we're trying to run uh, together. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how many games Colin Kaepernick starts for us. None. Uh, like, this... Decade or never again. Uh, he won't start. Thank it's you. Yeah, bro. He it's won't play year. unless it's the AFL or Canadian League. Thank so, you. So in, in this league, you have twenty. I think it's twenty. 
could be 27 or 26. 26 roster spots. We ended up with 29, uh, 29 draft picks because we traded a back right. a couple times. And he was our 29th pick. We had to cut three people before the end of the season. So, you know what? We said, uh, we'll go ahead and do it. All right, here, we're here to the next portion of the show, okay? Now, this is a, a new segment we're doing. Before this airs, there may be a drop ahead of what I'm talking about now and a title. Do you guys have a title for this segment? Anybody? Suggestion? Who's who's better at yelling at each other? That's a fuck-awful name. Wolfpack? The, the Master of Debaters? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep calling it Master Debaters. Um, we're calling this segment <laughs> Master Debaters, Okay. And what we're going to do is simply that. We're going we're gonna to argue with each other about a handful of topics here. Each of us is going to have a chance for you today to argue with each of the other compatriots here in studio. If we're not arguing, we're judging. So this is going to be a judge debate. The loser takes a shot. The topics have been chosen ahead of time so that there was time for each of us to research to make this a worthwhile, informative, and entertaining segment for our listeners we're going to kick this thing off. The Big Wiz versus the Wolfpack in our first master debate ever. Each of you is going to have five minutes on the clock to state your case. At the end, I will decide the winner, and the loser is taking a shot for being a dipshit. So let me put five minutes on the clock. Our first topic is this. We've got two wide receivers right now who, on Fantasy Mojo's ADP, that's all the big money big money uh, fantasy players in the world, they have their own ADP. Presumably they research more than most people because they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on their leagues. Maybe not, who knows. I, find, I think their ADP is pretty good. Right now, DJ Moore and Allen Robinson are going neck and neck at wide receiver 11 and 12 in their ADP. So my question to you guys was, hey, which one of these is going to finish higher at the end of the year? Wiz, you're going to start us off. You chose DJ Moore over Allen Robinson. Your five minutes starts now. Yeah, like most things in life, I don't need five minutes. I can finish much, much, much faster than that. Here's the point, folks. DJ Moore last year in 2019, 87 reception. It was number 10 overall. So that tells me that he is he's flirting with it already uh, in, that, in that top 10 um, category. He had 135 targets, only four TDs. That's where he, that's where he, he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, he had eight games with 10-plus targets. Eight games, folks, with 10-plus targets. That's phenomenal. 9.6 fantasy points per game. 392 yak yards. That's huge when it comes to a fantasy standpoint, and that was number 14 overall. He had 14 red zone targets. Wolfpack over here is going to tell you how great Allen Robinson is because he had 98 receptions, 154 targets, and 7 TDs. But here's the fact of the matter. Allen Robinson will not get better than that. He maxed out. He maxed out 9.8 points per game. That's only two-tenths points per game better than DJ Moore. The difference here is Allen Robinson peaked out in his career. With a fucking Bears offense that was terrible, that only rushed the ball for 90.8 yards per game. Do you guys recall me seven times against New Orleans, and it was week eight or week seven? Um, with Mitchell Trubiscuits and Nick Foles, it's a terrible fucking offense. They're only going to go backwards. We're only going to start running the ball again. DJ Moore, folks, is going to be phenomenal. He had Will Greer, Kyle Allen. Will Greer had negative 1.8 points per game. Kyle Allen, four, 14 fantasy points per game. Cam Newton was terrible. Teddy Bridgewater is coming there at 15 points per game. 
Samuel Olsen. Olsen's gone. Ian Thomas is still there. Robbie Anderson's going to take the top off this offense. It's going to be to his benefit. And DJ Moore, folks, has nowhere to go but up. Where I feel Allen Robinson peaked. He peaked out. He blew his load early. He's not going to be able to repeat. DJ Moore is going to go up, 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 and up. Expect big things from him, folks. I'm done. Yeah, you know what? Two and a half right. minutes. You, it, it took you two solid minutes. It didn't even take you two and a half minutes. I want to be so proud of that third last 30 minutes. I got it. 30 seconds. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, you're already behind the eight ball because you just quoted Will Greer's negative 1.8 fantasy points per game, and yet you made me draft Will Greer in our dynasty set two nights ago. But not a bad job arguing. That wasn't the, okay, that's a whole other discussion. We can talk about that in two weeks or a week. Or we will. We will. We but let's focus on the master debate here. It's uh, Wolfpack's turn to tell me why Allen Robinson yeah. is going to finish higher than DJ Moore. Your time starts now. So, I mean, like you said, the Bears, they don't have an offense. Who are they going to throw it to? Allen Robinson. He is the most sure-hand receiver you've got. I mean, you're going to throw it to Anthony Miller. He drops the ball all the time. You're going to throw it to the... The great tight end of Jimmy Graham. That's right. He is not a great tight end. So, I mean, you're going to give it to Allen Robinson. You got rid of Taylor Gabriel, and he was averaging five and a half targets per game. So, where are those five targets going to go? More than likely to Allen Robinson. Um, and you're talking about Trubisky. Uh, Nick Foles is going to throw that ball all over the place for the Bears. Yes, they're going to still run the ball, but that's when play action comes into Nick Foles' stance and he's going to give it to Allen Robinson. The issue that you're going to have with DJ Moore... Give it to me! You have CMC. You also have a brand new coach, and you've got this COVID that is cutting everything short. You've got less practices. You've got less games to know this offense. And with CMC on the, on the field, you're going to give that ball to CMC. Yes, you're going to throw it to your wideouts, but, I mean, you've got Anderson that's going to be there. Yeah, you've got Samuel, and you've got DJ Moore. I mean, is he gonna is Teddy Bridgewater gonna have enough time to throw the ball? Yes, maybe. Who knows? Because it's a new offense, and it's gonna be a shortened preseason for you. Done. Well, this is what I would tell you. If I can have twenty more seconds here, your new offense is a good argument. That that part was good. Um, I like that. But I would tell you this: they got Joe Brady and is it Matt Rule? Is that correct? Yeah. Those guys, all they do is throw the ball all over the place. That's why I think DJ Moore, I didn't even talk about it, but that is to DJ Moore's benefit. There's no counter or rebuttal I understand. built into this master debate, uh, but it is what it is. Okay, so to be clear, as judge here, it, I obviously have a stance on this topic going into the argument, but it is my job to put aside my stance, listen to the argument to make my decision based on who did a better job convincing me that they were right and... Uh, yeah, Wolf, you're not good at this yet. <laughs> Take that shot! To be fair, to be fair, he tells me earlier today that okay. he did this while he was stuck in traffic on his phone and texted himself. This <laughs> I did. So so I give this to Wiz because he, he, he spat a lot of numbers at me. I didn't actually agree with some of his arguments, but he made a good case um, numbers-wise. And I like, I like to see the numbers... I think my case is pretty decent. I, I think yeah, it was fine. I think there's an art. You did keep saying that he maxed out last year, Allen Robinson, but he did. He maxed out what in Jacksonville when he scored 15 touchdowns. 
But but I'll, but I'll give it to you. I guess it depends on what number you're looking at. In terms of opportunity, which we talk about a lot, I don't think it's going to improve, I guess, would be my concern. Yeah, I, I still think Allen Robinson has a better year, but I think you did a better job of arguing your case. Um, so you win that one. Will Fact, take your shot. I, I took it. Holy shit, you have to like <laughs> hit the table so we all hear that. Well, Will Fact's taking his shot, but I do think this is a, I mean, this is a pretty good debate with DJ Moore and well, Allen Robinson in general. Uh, both these guys should go close to 10. Right? Like, both these guys will be... One will be top 10, one yeah. will be just outside. I mean, they're both the number one target for each team, for wide receiver-wise. Yeah. I mean, they both average, or both got over 100 targets. I wanna, I'll say this. Okay, I'll, I will say that Wolfpack was also kind of behind the eight ball to start this, because of all the debates I put on there, this is the one that I really wanted to do. <laughs> and I wanted Allen Robinson, because I had a whole series of arguments already prepared. Well, and, we know that you think you're the best. And you missed that on you missed that on some of the stuff that I would have said. But Do you care to say them? Um, yeah, I, I think, so like... Um, DJ Moore's big thing on this offense was the deep ball last year. That's where he made his nut last season. You said he had a big year last year. It's because they were just chucking down the field at him. That's no longer his job. He doesn't have the short intermittent game. He does have the short intermittent game. No, 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 listen. Listen, Curtis Samuel, CMC, and Ian Thomas do the short short intermittent game. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, you're comparing those receivers. Listen to me. If If you look at where the targets were on the field over the last two seasons while they both played... Curtis Samuel, CMC, and the tight end get the short intermediate stuff. DJ That's Moore because gets there was a, no one else. Can you let me fucking finish? DJ Moore gets the second level stuff, okay? <laughs> so that's going to stay exactly... <laughs> he is bald. That's going to stay the exactly Jesus the same Christ, guy. I don't have a heart attack. But Robbie Anderson is one of the better deep ball receivers mm-hmm. in the game. He's taking that away. The other thing that DJ Moore doesn't do, and the reason he only had whatever four touchdowns last year, that's just that's the exact same as what happened the year prior. So Curtis Samuel has almost tripled his touchdown numbers in the past two years because they don't even look at DJ Moore in the red zone. That's Curtis Samuel's job in the red zone. That's Greg Olson's job and CMC's job in the red zone. Those things limit. Whereas Allen Robinson is the red zone target on the Bears. Um, he's also the the target when when his quarterback is outside the pocket on the Bears, scrambling target on the Bears. He's just a target down the sideline on the Bears. He's a target in the in the uh, slant game. He's at everything. But I am real. I I think DJ Moore's ceiling. I think we about about seen his ceiling the way that well, makeup of the team is already. I disagree on that. I think that there was a couple of failures in there. Was one being that you thought that C. D. Lamb is to Michael. Gallup's benefit, right? The whole directing of, of, of CeeDee Lamb was to Michael Gallup's benefit because he's going to help helps take the, the spread, the defense apart, right? That's okay. what you stated. I don't see how that doesn't apply here with Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson can only one route. I don't think that applies to DJ Moore. Well, that's just because what DJ Moore made his nut on last season and a lot of his yards came on the deep ball and he no longer has the rights to the deep ball. So he's gonna take he's gonna take the twelve yards to twenty yard routes on this team instead of taking the twelve yards and beyond routes on the team he had last. That's why. But it doesn't matter. You won the debate. Let's move on. It's to the not next. about what's winning. It's about telling our listeners. Oh, yeah, Alan Robinson's gonna finish early. Also, Alan Robinson liked my tweets. So is this, is, is he, did he see he was gonna come on the show? You didn't ask him creepily you know last time. You know he definitely, definitely. Definitely is working on reaching out to me. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> if you're listening, Alan Robinson, come on my show. I mean, our show. I believe in you, even though I don't believe in your team. 
Let's go on to the next debate here. Um, Wiz, do you want to MC this one? Yeah, I do believe, by the way, that Allen Robinson is a better receiver overall. He's a worse team. I mean, to, to be very frank about that. This one, number two here, is Wolfpack and Dewey's Nuts. It is about Diggs, that is Stefan Diggs, finishing worse, or I guess I'd say above or below the number one, the number 21 wide receiver spot. Let I think just, it's interesting here. Let me just say this. We've said the 21 because in that Fantasy Mojo Big Money ADP, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 21. Last year, um, I think he finished a little bit outside that, but that's where he's being drafted right now. So I wanted to know, is he going to finish above or below his ADP? Uh, his, his current ADP. But th- I, I also think it's interesting that it's a 21 is, 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 kind of, is kind of where he commonly is at yeah. or around. Yeah. So to start, we're going to go, we're going to start with, uh, B, we're sort of um, doing no, no, nuts. No, 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 I did this so everybody gets to go first once and second once. I did this on purpose. Don't fuck up my method. You don't have any method. I do. All right, I guess I guess Wolfpack's going to start at why Stefan Diggs would be worse than the number 21 ADP. Who's got the timer? I do. Go. Okay, so Stefan Diggs is going to finish worse than 21 because... Even though he had 94 targets last year with Adam Thielen being gone, Buffalo runs the ball more. You also have a worse quarterback than Kirk Cousins and Josh Josh Allen. He is very inconsistent. Um, Right now, I I don't see Stephon Diggs because of this. Whenever you have a quarterback that doesn't throw the ball accurate, he'd rather throw a pick. Not as bad as uh, Jameis Winston, but... He still can't hit the wide receiver when he should. Plus, you've got John Brown on the team. You have Cole Beasley on the team. They both got over 100 targets, and everybody loves some Cole Beasley. Everybody loved John Brown last year. He had a good year. I know they're about at the same rate, they're not right, ranking of in the draft, 2021. But for this, Stephon Diggs, is, he's just not going to make it below 21. There's no possible with Josh Allen's inconsistency, the running team. I mean, he's going to be the deep threat that he, that Josh Allen needs. But whenever you can't throw it on a straight line and it's going to get intercepted or overthrown, is there, does it really matter if that guy's going to catch it? Because it's really going to be nothing. Done. Minute 23, folks. To quote my... Wolfpack has a new record as a new finisher in the Master Debater. To quote my grad school professor on a comment to every single one of my papers. I don't know... You went to grad school? Yeah. I don't know if you're lazy and didn't feel like doing the assignment or if that was just the most efficient answer I've ever seen to a question. She said I wrote that under one of my papers because I'm efficient. Thank you. Um, I would answer somewhere between there. But one minute, probably twenty. We'll say one twenty-five. Probably take a little bit longer than that. You think it'll be longer than that? Yeah. Well, that's because you're a little bit grandiose. You like to be a little bit more bombastic, more like a president. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when you are. I like the words bombastic and grandiose. Okay, so last year in Buffalo, yes, Buffalo. What's that? Tyler. Last year, Buffalo <laughs> did have. They, they added six in pass attempts, right? So um, near the bottom, they were in the. I said bottom six, but they were six. From the bottom is what I meant to say in pass attempts. So you're not wrong; they didn't throw the ball a lot. Obviously, this makes me think. You know, is there some is there some positive regression towards the mean? 
things tend to regress toward the mean, and the NFL is not uh, uh, exempt from that. But whether or not there is, look, last year on an offense that was bottom six in pass attempts, John Brown, you mentioned him as a wide receiver one, was wide receiver 20 in the finish in one of the passing offenses that threw it the least in all the league. They were He was number 22 in wide receiver targets. So there is volume. When you say bottom six in the league, they're still throwing it enough that an efficient and an effective wide receiver can finish relatively well. Um, that's not mentioned. That's not to mention that John Brown had an extraordinarily low presence in the red zone. He only had three targets um, inside the 10. That's not what we're going to see from Diggs. So first of all, Diggs come up, comes onto this team and he is from the jump, from the word go, the new wide receiver one on this team. There's no doubt in John Brown's talent, but John Brown is not a wide receiver one. That is not the role he wants to play. That is not the role that he thrives on. Stephon Diggs has proved in Minnesota that he can run the X route tree and be the one on a team. So do I think he's going to have the 119 targets that John Brown had? I think he demands at least that many targets, to be honest with you. But he also demands red zone targets. In 2018, that's the last time he had a wide receiver partner on his team when Adam Thielen played, since he chose not to play last season. He had 26% of his team's red zone share, caught five touchdowns from inside the 10-yard line in that season. In fact, PFF has ranked Stephon Diggs as the best contested catch receiver in the NFL over the last three years, that's the kind of guy that you throw to in the end zone. We saw it in, I think it was 2017, even when he had his best contested catch rate, it was like 85%. It was something stupid in the red zone, in the end zone. That's the reliable guy that you want. So if he goes 119 targets like John Brown did last year, but adds to that 10 instead of three red zone targets, um, he's going to beat the wide receiver 20 that John Brown had. Let's talk about his quarterback for a second here, Josh Allen, because that's the big knock on Diggs, on the Bills, on everything. Josh Allen is not a good quarterback, right, Wiz? Well, fortunately, what you like to see happen has happened with Josh Allen. From year one to year two, he made improvements across the entirety of his stat line his completion percentage went from 52.8, which is real bad, to 58.8, which is only just a little bit bad. <laughs> um, yards per game, 172 to 193 on average. His touchdown rate went from 3.1% to 4.3%, while his interception rate, you said he turns it over, it nearly cut in half from 3.8% to 2% last season. His passer rating, 67.9 to a respectable 85.3 last year. Air yards per attempt, 5.4 to 6.7. One of the big knocks on him that neither of you have mentioned since he's been in the league is that he's the quote-unquote dump-off quarterback. Well, last year he added a yard and a half on every pass intended air yards. And here's the big one for you, Wiz. You said he can, they can't win in the playoffs because he can't win late in games. In 2019, he had four fourth-quarter comebacks and five game-winning drives. He's a winning quarterback. He's getting better at the stuff that makes him a good quarterback. He's becoming a better passer. Mitchell Trubisky comes in the league and our Chicago Bears and never gets any better. That's the problem. Josh Allen, should he have been giving a starting job in year one? Probably not because he was really bad, but he is getting better. Do I expect him to continue to get better? Yes. And if he continues to get better, his, his wide receiver one finishing at the 20 last year has to finish better next year. Um, especially if that wide receiver starts to get some red zone looks 
where he John Brown just did not get last season. There is no reason to believe that wide receiver 20 is not attainable for a better wide receiver and a better quarterback on a better offense with more touchdowns coming his way. That's my opinion. I cede my time. Well, extraordinarily <clears throat> well-constructed argument. I agree. Four minutes in 38 seconds. Well, to ask wife if he can last that long, I would have high doubts. Oh, dude, you would, you would have no idea. Yeah, I, there's no way you would last that long. Just, just go on time. <laughs> but that just, we know that. Um, this is what I would tell you guys. I, I thought Froggy was... Okay. I, I gotta take my own bias... Froggy's not here. ...out of this. But I thought Froggy was really, really, really good lessons learned when he went out the door two weeks ago. And he said, I'm gonna leave you guys with this lessons learned for the for the week. And he I, said, I that was the know. most incoherent bullshit oh, yeah. I have ever heard. Yeah. And I want dumber for listening to it. So I have a really hard job here. Dude. I agree that that nuts threw a lot of number numbers at us about what why Josh Allen will be better and why Diggs will be better. But Wolfpack did a good job of just getting straight to it and just cut right through all the bullshit. Something that Dewey's nuts has not figured out how to do. He likes it. He likes to put it on the bolt, roll around in this shit as much as possible. Um, and just fucking, and just told us straightforward. So, I mean, I might, I gotta take my own opinions out of this. That's the idea. I'm gonna go with. Yeah, you, not you're gonna take a shot on this one. That's the dumbest thing you've ever said <laughs> in your life. <laughs> You gotta take a shot at that. I don't know how to tell you. I am a. And all the bullshit that you talk about was statistical analysis. And the, the thing numbers. is, if I would have thought about it, which I didn't until but here's about the halfway through game. the spiel, your boy Jack, Zach Moss is gonna get those red zones. No, he, you didn't say that. I didn't. I didn't. But I had just thought about it. I was concerned your, about your, that argument. Your boy Zach Moss. But you didn't make it, done which it. means the judge is not allowed to consider it. I'm, I'm not even worried about it. I didn't consider that. I, I here's here's what I thought. This is the reason why that I thought Wolfpack did win. Is he got straight to the fact of the met. He just got straight to the point and why I, why he thought things would be worse. Yes, he did get straight Nuts. to his opinion. You went around in circles for a while there about lots of numbers, and there were some good things and bad got, things in between. Well he, well, he got straight to his opinion. I got straight to my opinion, and all the facts that support it. But hey, you're the judge. You're allowed to pick your own side. Woo! That was the dumbest thing you've ever done, Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we, uh, we have one more of these. Oh, that one was less smooth. Old camp is weird. Sometimes it's very smooth, and sometimes it's just not. You can have a cinnamon whiskey if you want. You got some fireball? Why didn't you just call it fireball? You know what's interesting? How old are you that you called it cinnamon whiskey instead of calling it You know what I was thinking? I was really looking at the other what? day, is I'm up here, and I'm looking at it, and all I have is whiskey. I threw yeah. a couple bottles of vodka, but I have some whiskey. Yeah. Well, yeah, whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. Lots <laughs> of whiskey. whiskey. You got Irish whiskey, you got, you got bourbon whiskey, you got whatever Seagram 7 is kind of whiskey. Yeah, you got a lot of whiskeys up here, bro. I have lots of whiskey. Can't go wrong with it. Uh, but do you think he will actually be under 21? Yes. No. I'll take that bet. I mean, a master debater never admits if he's, he doesn't believe his stamp. It's okay. I'll take that bet, though. So you're you're saying he'll be under 21? Huh? You're saying he'll be under 21. Better than 21? Right. Yeah, so. Under, yeah, they are. If he, it's if, up there. If he lands on 21, wash. That's some language that's really... Oh.
That's some language that's really tough for me to, to figure out. Do you say he's under 21 or do you say he's over 21? Because over would signify... Right, I get what you're saying. Um, worse than 21 or better than 21? No, I said better. Okay. I'll tell you he's worse than 21. All right, we ready for number three? You know what? I guess, but... It's not whiz. You know. I presume that, that's going that to... you'll be better at this than he was. Well, but we'll see. We'll, if not, we'll then see. I'll take another shot. I don't give a fuck. I got lots of whiskeys to choose from. Alright, so for our third master debate debacle. You have to say the D the D part in debate real quick. Debate. Master De- debate. Master. Master debate. Master debate. Master debaters. So we have Kelsey against Kittle for these arguments. We have Nuts taking Kelsey and we have Wiz taking Kittle. Nuts. Present your case on why Kelsey is the better tight end than Kettle. Start. All right. Um, so the, I'm going to give you two major reasons why Travis Kelsey is going to finish higher than George Kittle this year. Again, by the way, which has happened every single year they both played. Um, the first opportunity, the first, the first argument I'm going to give you is an opportunity argument. We have said a hundred thousand times that opportunity is king in fantasy football. Over the last two years, both of these guys, Kelsey and Kittle, have averaged about 24% target share on their team. So they are the stud receiving options on their team. 24 is really high, especially at the position. They're both right about there um, year in and year out. And I even took out, eliminated the games that Kittle missed last year to make sure that I have this number correct. And the games they're in, they average 24% of their team's target share. The problem for Kittle here is this. The Kansas City Chiefs in a given season over the last two years averaged 580 passes while the San Francisco 49ers averaged 505 passes. That's two games worth of passes difference, guys. 75 passing attempts is two games. So if you give me two guys that both get 24% target share on their teams and one of them plays two games more than the other, who am I going to pick? Every goddamn time. It doesn't stop there. The the expectation with what I just told you is that they're both going to have 24% of their target share again this season. However, I don't believe that to be the case. Because on Kansas City, the Chiefs added one receiving weapon to this team. That's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who Wiz just told you a few minutes ago is garbage. Uh, is not going to be anywhere near the top in this rookie class. Um, his biggest asset uh, for this team is as a receiving back. But Wiz, my uh, my uh, opponent here in this debate, doesn't believe he's going to be worth a shit on the team. So we can't expect a lot of targets to go there. That's the only receiving weapon added to the Chiefs all year. The San Francisco 49ers, however, um, bring Jarek McKinnon back for the first time. The only role he is set to play <laughs> on this team uh, is receiving back. In fact, his coach, Kyle Shanahan, just said in an interview about a week and a half ago that we want to get him the ball every way possible coming out of the backfield because he is a game changer. Travis Benjamin was added to this team. Brandon Ayuk drafted relatively high on this team. 
One of Wiz's favorite wide receivers coming into the draft, Jawan Jennings, Smooth. drafted onto this team. The bottom line is they're bringing in more options because they know they need more receiving options because they know George Kittle should not be a 24% target share on this team. So do I expect his target share to go down because of all these other weapons? Absolutely. Do I expect Kelsey's to come down because one more weapon was added that Wiz doesn't even think is going to play very much? Not at all. The second thing I want to point to is the biggest number in fantasy football. That's touchdowns. Let me give you Kittle's season over season career touchdown numbers. Two touchdowns, five touchdowns, five touchdowns is the best he's ever done. In fact, he scores a touchdown on about 3.9% of all of his targets. Kelsey goes 5, 5, 4, 8, 10, 5. He scores a touchdown on 5.1% of his targets in his entire career, which is a bigger career, so that number seems more stable. If you just take the averages, ignore the fact that there are new targets on the team. Here's a stat line this year for these two guys. Kelsey's going to get 139 targets, 1,256 yards, and 7 touchdowns. That would be about average for him. Kittle without even factoring in the new weapons, goes 121 targets, 1164, and five touchdowns. That is a difference of 100 yards and two touchdowns. Add to that the new weapons on San Francisco. There's just no way Kittle loses or wins this, uh, this face-off, and there's no way that I lose this today. Done. Is that it? Yeah. It's four and a half. Yeah, exactly. Is that how it usually goes? goes? It's really important to use your time when you're in a debate. It sounds like you know what you're talking about if you use your time. Go ahead. Well, then you got to win your debate if you do that. I believe I won the last <laughs> one. All right. Now oh. we have Wiz the, with George Kittle. George Kittle. And, I realize, and I, I, start. I have an uphill battle here, folks. The simple matter is that George Kittle... Wait, did you just admit that you lost before you started? No, I'm just saying I have an uphill battle. Hmm. I didn't say I was ever concede to this. I just have an uphill battle. But I don't need four and a half minutes because I can get right to the point. Something you don't know how to do yet. Okay, buddy. Got it. All right. Year two with George Kittle. Again, he's only, but this is going, he's entering his fourth fourth year here, folks. Year two, 136 targets last year. In 2019, 107 targets in 14 games. 87 receptions. In Dewey's Nuts is right. In the last two years, folks, he had five TDs. He's critting that. But I hope you heard a big number here with, with Travis Kelsey. Also, five, five, four, eight, ten, and five. What, what number did you most put on it there? Five, folks. He doesn't produce the number of TDs that you would like to think or that you want to assume. He does get a large target share. I agree with nuts in that accurate statement. George Kittle, 22.4% of his team's targets. Travis Kelsey, I think you said 24%. 23.7 is actually accurate. So we're really, we're at 1.3% difference, folks. That is fucking nothing. That's one game. One good game difference. Um, red zone. George Kittle, 17 targets, 11 receptions, 64% catch rate. Travis Kelsey, he finished with less than that at 14 targets and had the worst catch rate, all in the red zone. His yak, 7.5 yards per, per catch. Travis Kelsey, 4.5, folks. That is a three fucking yard difference. We're talking about fantasy, that fucking matters. That's a .3 that's a point three point difference per catch. Huge. Um, 
Kelsey's pass yards per route, 2.5. Kittle's 4.2. That is the number one tight end, folks. That is a huge difference, folks. The fact of the matter is that when he starts running his routes, Kittle is more likely to give you better numbers on less catches. And pay attention to the fact that when you give bonus points to tight ends, the fact of the matter is Kittle will likely give you more bonus points than Travis Kelsey ever will. Um, his catching percentage is 79.4. 79.4. That's 8 points percent better than Travis Kelsey. This is what I think is interesting. Nuts went off on this about Brandon Ayuk and how high they drafted that Debo Samuel. Yes, and the the great, the great Jared McKinnon who hasn't played in two years is going to come back, folks. Yes, you're right. He hasn't played in two years. God knows when last time he caught a ball. Travis Benjamin. I don't know who the fuck Travis Benjamman is. Juwan Jennings, yes. I do like. He's smooth as shit. You are right. I like him. Um, <laughs> but let me tell you this, folks. The fact of the matter is he is the absolutely best receiver on this fucking team. He is he is great. He's fantastic. I don't give a shit who they draft. The fact of the matter is he is the best receiver on this team. Here's what I what concerns me about Travis Kelsey. Tyree Kill is a legit receiver. He's a legit speed threat. You put that with Nicole Hardman and Sammy Watkins, who had 90 fucking receptions last year, and they just drafted a number one fucking pass-catching running back who they plan to dump the ball off, which is what Andy Reid does. This is what he does best with Clyde edwards Solaire. That's how he intends to use him. I just don't see how Travis Kelsey is going to is going to keep performing at that, con that consistent rate of 24% or 23.7% of his team's targets. That's going to keep dwindling down. There's no one that in San Fran's team that even compares to George Kittle. Done. Over. I love how you tried to spell Debo Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> That was Demo, three and a half minutes. Debo Samuel. <laughs> I guess you just put that in before uh, before your debate, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did. I will say this. Both of you, great debates. Good great job. stats. There's a reason I put this debate last. I thought yes. it might be good. Yes, because you knew I couldn't perform. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the wife even told me That's that too. But there has to be a loser in this. And I'm sorry, Wiz. Well, no, no, I, I said, I know. Well, looking at these stats, I'll be honest. It is, it's hard to make an argument why George Kittle's better. I think I did a you, decent You brought job. up very, very good points. Both of you did. But was, Kelsey is still... Yeah, it's hard to argue against him. Yeah. There were, there, if, if I were arguing the Kittle argument, there were a couple things that you said that I would have spent more time talking about. Sure. Sure. Like what? Than you did. I think the the yards per catch thing, obviously the catch rate thing, yep. those things are important. There's some things in here that you said that you probably should, just should have left out to focus on those things. But you're right. Kelsey's just the better option. Right now, in a dynasty, that may not be the case. Right. Kelsey is 30, well, 31, 30, 30, and Kittle. You know, I, I looked at it before the draft, I should have talked a little more. Is, is Kelsey's 30 and Kittle's 26? Yeah. So, I mean, like, right. honestly, it, again, it depends on, on where your league stands, but. Um, I mean, Kelsey's a better tight end. It's really hard to make the argument why yes. not. But both of you, very good. We did very, that very good. That was, good. and I'll tell you what, he was, he was, uh, he was loud. He was obnoxious in his argument. He was that, drunk that's the while he was you. doing it. That is the whiz for you. But you, you didn't, you didn't fall for any of that. <coughs> you, you, <laughs> as, a, as a judge. You looked at the arguments, you looked at the facts presented, and you made the best decision based on the facts. What was it the facts presented, or was it just the facts out in, in reality? The facts, the that facts we chose are to there. Hide. I mean, I, I'll give you that. They are there. 
but it's still San Francisco runs the ball. You know, Kelsey has the more opportunity to catch. You know, even though it might, let's say it's at twenty four percent. Tell, You're gonna be tell me that Mike told you that basically Kelsey has two more games worth of opportunity than Kittle. That was oh, that's a hard. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong, man. That, that was that, that was almost. It was like, oh shit. Yeah, that was really well. The way that I structured that, I felt like was really fantastic. Then, you know, the one thing I fucked up though was I, sh- I should have brought up the fact of uh, of of that of the age difference because who's more likely to get hurt? You know, you can you can make that argument a little bit easier. Yeah. Kittle's between the two. Should we take a shot? Kittle misses more games. games. Shot to end the debate. Shot to end the fucking shot. I know. You're welcome. You want to do something different? It's <laughs> <laughs> up to you there, big guy. I'll Maybe. take a little fireball, which is what the young people call cinnamon whiskey. Don't knock that microphone. I'll get it. You got it? I mean, I'll... Hey, guys, before we leave you, I, um, these debates were probably more fun for us. Well, maybe not, but they were fun for me. I enjoyed it, even if I got dicked out of a win. <laughs> <laughs> So, fortunately, the way it panned out, and I think Wiz did this on purpose. Everybody got a chance to win one, so let's, let's put in hallelujah for participation trophies. Take a shot, then we're going to do one last thing for you guys. Oh, fireball. Fireball. Why do we have fireball? I don't know. It's in the cabinet. Not in that box. Breathing your shot back into a man. <laughs> Does not make it better. Might make it worse. Before we leave you guys, we're going to do this. We are going to start hitting you with some ranking shows here real damn soon. It might be part of next week's show. It might be part of a week, uh, two weeks from now show. Whenever it is, we're going to hit you with some rankings. We just wanted to give you a little teaser for our rankings right now. A little bit of a preview. We're going to hit you with our top five at three different positions. Um, each of us have, have a different position to give you that top five in, so this might be a little surprising. We haven't really heard, we haven't really discussed this yet as a group. So this sort of initial top five at each of these three positions. Just as a teaser to our rankings, obviously when we get into the rankings, we'll talk in depth about these guys, why we think they are where they are. We're just going to kind of hit them, hit you with them right now. Um, I guess we'll start right here at quarterback. I'm going to give you my top five without a lot of explanation. Number five. For me is Russell Wilson, who last year was not as consistent as I would have liked. But he, in his career, over the course of time, he's just far too good game after game, even with the limited volume, to be anywhere outside of my top five. Kyler Murray comes in at number four. I think Bullfrog and I had a big big blowout last year about me putting him at seven or something, and he finished right about there. He's going to improve this year. Give me him at four. Lamar Jackson's my number three, which nice is a surprise. Question. What's a big love for you two? Not, not much. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Bullfrog is this, right? Like, when, when, when you tell him he's wrong, he's been trained to lay down and take it. <laughs> okay? I'm not going to say who's trained him, <laughs> because we're respectful here. But he kind of lays down and takes it for the most time. So anytime he doesn't just lay down and take it, that's a big blow-up. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's my number three, which comes as a surprise to a lot of people, but a 9% passing touchdown rate is absolutely unrepeatable, especially for a kid that just learned how to grip an NFL football a year ago today. Dak Prescott, my number two, big bump. It was hard to put, hard not to expect regression overall from the offense, but when I put the projections together, there was just no denying it. This offense is moving in the right direction. Big surprise, Patrick Mahomes, number one. Hey, Wolfpack, 
Hit us with your top five running backs here. Maybe they're what everybody expects. Maybe they're a little different. It's just a preview. You don't have to tell us a lot right, about so each guy. I'll go with... I feel like the first four are kind of... Duh. Duh, yeah. Number five, I went with Nick Chubb. Oh. Um, I just... I like Nick Chubb. I am like an SEC fan. So... Okay. He... He's not disappointed in two years. Number four, Ezekiel Elliott. He's not really disappointed at all. He can catch it. He can he is, run it. Yeah. Um, number three, Dalvin Cook. I think he's a stud. Wow. But the bad thing about him is, I mean, he is injury prone. I've had him for two years. He hurt me the first year, and he saved me the second year. I think he's missed six games in the last two years. Yeah. Uh, number two, Derrick Henry, workhorse. Ooh. But he is a Bama product. I love my Bamas. Jesus, this is not the top five. <laughs> out of it. Number one, Chris McCaffrey. I mean, you so, can't who is not this? Chris five, McCaffrey. Kamara? No, no, I don't he like He did not say Saquon. He did not say Kamara. So Saquon, I missed. I did miss Saquon, but I do not like Kamara. What, so where would you put Saquon in that top Where five? would you put Kamara? Saquon, I probably would have put He's got at five. No, so four. No, four was no. Uh, Elliot. Okay, so I, I probably would have put Saquon as three. I did. I forgot all about Saquon. That Not is my fault. These wide receivers, I think, pretty straightforward. I think I, I probably surprised a little bit. I'm five and four here, potentially at least. Number five, I chose Godwin. I think that's he was two last year. That's a good he was two last year. That's a solid pick, and, and he's to me the guy that gets the Brady ball, not Mike Evans. Well, I, I think that, that's the interesting part here is I, I think he, he absolutely gets a Bernie bump. I think that we we talked about before, and I think coaches matter more than anything. Um, with his offenses in particular, that number two wide receiver or the number one wide receiver, that they, they flourish. They do a great job, and I think this is where Godwin finishes. I, I, Chris Godwin does a fabulous job at it. Four, I like Devontae Adams a lot. I like Devontae Adams for this reason. Um, in the last four years, Devontae Adams had 10, t- 10 TDs, 12 TDs, 13 TDs, and only last year did he drop the, off the, off the, he dropped him all the way down to five. Number three is Julio. We talked about before, the Atlanta offense will be great. Julio, I don't, is, he never, what, what, I think he wants more than, more than nine TDs. Doesn't matter how old he is. Right? Useless. Number one, only once has he got more than nine TDs. Has, has not been more than yeah, once. Yeah, I think that might be right. Um, but the fact of the matter is he gets so many opportunities, so many I mean, yards. He's fucking 1,500 yards. Jones. He's Julio fucking Jones. Number two is an interesting effect to be he had a terrible year last year. He was bad, but he goes to a new team here. It is Nuke. That is that is DeAndre Hopkins. I like DeAndre Hopkins a lot. Number one here is Michael Thomas, folks. I've already uh, told you guys before. I could have gone on a limb here and told you why he won't be number one, and, and it's not it's not unlikely because because it, it's a it is a, a pure possibility. You better fucking believe it. I told you before the fact of the matter is if I owned him right now, I would sell him. I would try trading him because you can get more for what you can you can get out of him from just keeping him on your roster. He will never reach those numbers he did last year, so do not get that in your own head. Here's the difference though: is that he will still get 120 receptions. He'll still get over 10 TDs. Oh my god, I think we're done. In case you missed it, here's the lesson of the week. It can only get better from here. It can only... Look, everything <laughs> about today's show, from the sound quality in this basement to Wiz's joke of a judging decision, can only <laughs> get better... My preparedness. From, I mean. from, from Wolfpack's driving in traffic while doing his research on the way to the show. It can only get better from here, folks. 
Yeah, keep your heads up. That, that's, keep your heads yep. up. Yep. Hey, at least we're all in one area instead of zooming. No, I hate this. This is why I've had my mask on the whole time. I feel very uncomfortable. Hey, listeners, it can only get better from here. In the meantime, please just fuck off. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com.